This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Boy, it's kind of a boat day. I was up at PYY Marine in Pasadena this morning, and now I'm actually on a boat. I'm on the Sea Bear in Epping Forest with Matt Korbelak. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. You are, you know, you just got back from a most excellent adventure, as Bill and Ted might say. I have a friend that is actually walking the Appalachian, or hiking the Appalachian Trail, supposedly nonstop. He's about 600 miles into it. But you've done kind of the equivalent on the water. Um, yes, I have. And and I have a friend that's done the AT, the Pacific Crest Trail and Continental Divide, who is one of my inspirations for doing the Great American Loop. So, okay, the Great American Loop is what this is called. Now, this is a... From what I can gather, my Wikipedia knowledge here is it is a combination of the intercoastal waterway. Uh, I'm guessing the Great Lakes, the Mississippi River. It's just sort of pretty much the eastern half of the United States is a circumnavigation. Right, right. And uh, you cross your wake wherever you start, and uh, that'll take typically a year. Um, but yes, yeah, uh, from here I went up to the Delaware Bay and the intercoastal of New Jersey, popped out a little bit onto the Atlantic Ocean. And then into the Hudson River, Erie Canals, Great Lakes, uh, Erie, Huron, and Michigan, to Chicago, and into the rivers, Illinois and Mississippi, uh, onto the Ohio River, Cumberland River, and up onto Kentucky Lake, which uh, I then took down to the Tom Bigby Waterway, which deposited me at Mobile, Alabama, and then I skirted along the Gulf states uh, down the west coast of Florida, across Lake Okeechobee, and then up the east coast uh, back to Annapolis on the intercoastal. How long did it take you? I did it in nine and a half months. Uh, again, most folks follow decent weather throughout, and so the peak of summer, you're in the tip of Michigan, and dead of winter, you're down in Florida. Uh, and most folks will be coming up to Annapolis about this time. I sped it up for a family wedding, as well as uh, if I was going to get back in time for that. I, I had our anniversary, my wife's birthday, and a spring break uh, to get out on well, if you didn't want to be sent back out on the boat again and then go go again, you probably needed to be back here by then. I do. I I, I owe my wife uh, quite a bit of gratitude, and uh, she's um, missed out on some vacations that we would typically have done together. And question: I mean, what's your boating background? I mean, have you always been a boater since a little kid, or is this a relatively adult thing? My dad had a little tri hull that we'd zip around on Mission Bay, and when I was maybe eight years old, he'd stack up the uh, the little life cushions uh, on the seat and let me jam about at maybe 40, 50 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's been, been a while that you've had a fascination. So I've, I've always loved the water. And um, I got a uh, cabin cruiser at one point and the kids were little and I was, it was a wood hole and I brought it back to life and enjoyed it a little bit, but realized I got I got to focus on the family, and then uh, I got a, a nice thirty uh, two foot sailboat, and I, then I started falling in love with this loop trip, and I realized my sailboat just wasn't the right craft. So I started designing a boat to build for the journey, and um, knowing that I was I was uh, as federal law enforcement forced to retire at age fifty seven, so I had this. This time where I uh, had a clean cut and break, and I wanted to do something, and the loop was really appealing as that something. So I started designing a boat, and then COVID hit, and then we moved, and or we moved, and then COVID hit, and then we had a renovation. So you guys were the one that started. It had nothing to do with China and the, and no, the lab. No, it was that's when it, the Corvallis moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the boat I designed wasn't going to be built. Uh, place we moved, no garage, no basement, none of that happening. So I have uh, I found Sea Bear. She has the characteristics I was looking for. I had my heart set on trying to sail this thing, or a lot of it, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wanted a boat with a, a mass that I could drop down all by myself, and uh, so I can do that with this boat. However, I rarely sailed, um, and most of my sailing was motor sailing, so because it was just me and some uh, long hauls on the places I would have sailed. Why this? Was this a bucket list? Was this just something that you wanted to do? Uh, did your wife say, "Okay, you just you're retired. You just need to get out of the house"? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I've always loved adventure, and uh, I've done a lot of rock climbing and mountaineering, and uh, some some fun kayak trips. And I just uh, wanted to be on and around the water. And looking at this loop trip, it had a lot of fun adventure but not super high-end risk. So I wasn't going to be blue water sailing mm-hmm. out there uh, in the middle of nowhere for months. Uh, I, I, I had the ability to, you know, get ashore and resupply quite often and sell service pretty much everywhere. So, and I could, uh, I could pretty much see land the whole time. That's pretty cool. Now, did you, did you stay on board the whole time? Pretty much, yeah. I, uh, I went home a couple of times and then i also uh, went off to see my son home meaning what yeah more from from ba- i came back to maryland back. yeah i flew back uh three times christmas was the most recent uh before i returned home and then uh around veterans day in november and before that in august okay so you just find a transient slip and yeah i uh the longest stay i had was probably two and a half weeks done uh, in clearwater so they had a slip and i just had the boat there. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Now, how many people have done this kind of trip? Is this a very popular trip? It's not so much. More people climb Everest each year than the average number of loopers. This past year, when I was on the loop, they they guesstimated there were maybe five to six hundred loop boats uh, doing the loop. And that was somewhat attributed to the fact that uh, COVID closed down Canada and, uh, and, and restricted a lot of looping uh, in the years prior. And so we figure many of the folks had been on pause and then here we go. Right. Well, I mean, COVID really did put a lot of people out into boats and out, out and everything else. And it's kind of funny as I'm sitting here thinking about this. OK, it, you're able to do this all in the water. I mean, just sort of the eastern half of the United States is really just like a big island. <laughs> it's amazing. We might, we might be able to secede from somewhere. You know? We 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 have so much of our our early uh, history starting here in port cities and such, and then uh, the expansion into the interior along waterways and the like. Uh, and and I got to see some of these places that uh, were of that history, um, the Erie Canal. Uh, it's it's not the original Erie Canal. There's uh, I, I learned there's a couple permutations. Uh, so so the original one had tighter channels and such, and then they expanded and 
built for bigger barges and now motorized. It's got to be very fascinating to be able to see that. I mean, I know just in general, I tell people down in Annapolis and when they're coming to visit and stuff like that, I said, get out on the water and see it from the water as opposed to City Dock or at the top of Church Street or Main Street. And it's a whole different view. It, it is great. Uh, e- even the difference on different craft. Uh, I have been an avid kayaker and then recently got a paddleboard and just being a few feet, feet higher up, up, up the... <laughs> above the water and then let alone the different boats uh, and just on the water in any fashion uh, to see it differently. You, you just don't see some of this from the land at all. Um, maybe rarely a glimpse on a bridge. For example, the tidal marshes coming up the East Coast. Uh, just low, what, low country? Yeah. Is that what... Beautiful. And then uh, just the the some of the cliffs along the rivers and the Cumberland River and all. It's, it's beautiful. Just Spectac- beautiful. It's spectacular. Spectacular places. And then some of the engineering that's been done uh, with, with the locks that have been put in, uh, especially in St. Louis, that was the terminus for a lot of barge traffic way back in the day until they built the locks around St. Louis to get past the chain of rocks. Interesting. What was the most difficult part of the trip for um, you? Again, this is a trip that... Uh, wasn't too risky and and it, and it, if people got into trouble sometimes they they may have not paid attention to the weather per se and and jumped out you know when there's plenty of time to wait out a bad storm so i didn't get myself into some real bad stuff there were some spots where the predictions and everything i'd done beforehand said it was going to be thus and it turned out to be a little bit beyond that and um uh, so there were uncomfortable, bumpy, choppy days uh, with some what I call anchor cleaning uh, waves crashing over the bow. And oh, wow. one came over the, the roof of the boat, just how, how the frequency of the sw- waves and swells were. There was a, a, a fouled line in my propeller. Uh, I had had a, a line carelessly uh, on my boat. Uh, that it dropped into the water after a good bounce on a wave. And it, I, I thought, oh, crud, that might entangle with the propeller. And I immediately put it in neutral, but that wasn't quick enough. So it did a couple did. wraps, and I was able to uh, to cut it free and uh, without having to dive into the water and do that un- under the boat. That's not too bad of a, of, of a thing, considering it's, what is it, 6,000 miles? Uh, it can be that... Um, I did 5,300 statute miles on my particular permutation. Some people will go down to the Keys where I cut across Okeechobee, and that adds several hundred miles to their trip. Mm-hmm. There are a few portions of the trip that everybody goes down. That's pretty much uh, in the Chicago area down to about uh, Cairo. Uh, everybody's got to do those sections of the rivers. 27 foot, I think, is the length of uh, Seabear? 26 foot boat here and uh, draws... Just about three feet and uh, about an eight-foot beam. So it was nice because I could get into most any marina. Uh, you know, you can you could put a little boat in a big slip, but the reverse is not so easy. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work. And this is a motor sailor, so you can Correct. sail a little bit if you need to, but you found you weren't really too much. Right, right. And um, I thought I'd be sailing a lot on the Great Lakes, but the uh, the ports were a little further. And uh, the performance on this boat isn't—it's not a performance sailor. It's a little cruiser. So my average cruising speed 
on on the motor was 5.2 knots. And that's a little around five and a half miles per hour. Right. So it's a slow, leisurely day. Boredom set in? Um, only if you let it. You, you really find ways to occupy your mind and your time. Um, reading was difficult. Uh, I thought I'd get through a lot of books and such. Not happening underway uh, with all the constant uh, checks of the horizon and folks around you and right. coming up on you and et cetera. And, um, you know, you'd have to find your place again. So I did a lot of audiobooks. That was that was kind of fun underway. So I had that as maybe a source of entertainment or uh, keeping my mind occupied and such with the audiobooks. I'd be on the phone a lot. Um, my dad, he uh, was able to follow me, was probably my number one stalker. And he uh, he would pin a map and put where I was. And That's cool. He'd say, oh, yeah, I see you're coming up, or, or you just got into such and such. And uh, he'd already Googled up what was Knows the good restaurants. And, and all, <laughs> all the restaurants and the history of the place. And, oh, yeah, check out this ship, the Badger, over there. It's the oldest coal-fired ship still running, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's cool. That's nice that you got some cheerleaders at home working for you. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, one day I, I was on the phone with him quite a long time, and I, we, we did a Google Duo kind of video chat. And he, as as much as he wanted to be on the boat, that was as close as uh, he could he could make happen. Uh, just getting out to be on the trip was was not not going to work for him. So we did the next best thing. Let and, him live vicariously through you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had a habit, and I'd go under a bridge here and there, and, and then, uh, you know, I'd ring ring the bell as I'd pass under a bridge just because I needed something else to do. And any little thing to kind of keep your mind uh, occupied and little things to do along the way. I agree with you that, I mean, you, you're out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, it's the ocean and it there's no, there's nothing else <laughs> not, not a whole lot there you go a little bit nuts yeah well you do see everything uh because you're not flying along with your hair on fire it's 5.2 knots and uh every now and you then fell overboard you can catch it yeah you probably so and uh yeah well i'm a safety guy my background is occupational safety so i um respect the fact that it's just me on this boat. There's nobody to stop the boat, and I don't have uh, it hooked up like you do on a jet ski or right. something. Um, if I were to fall over, that would be bye-bye boat right. and, and maybe myself. And so uh, if I were to step outside the pilot house, I would tie myself in. I have a, my life vest on, and it has uh, rings on it for a safety lanyard that would clip to a, a spot there in my cockpit. And then I have jack lines uh, if, if in a very rare emergency event I needed to go forward while underway. Okay. So there, there was a spot, I was, and it was very slow. I wasn't doing five knots. I was coming up to anchor, and uh, it was late at night. I had missed a, a prior anchorage that was cruddy and i'm just not going to back up and go to another one so i went forward behind the tow and i knew the, the sun would be gone and i'd be uh doing everything in the dark so i get out of this little canal following the tow they had lights they had radar so that, that was easy but then i got out onto the grounds uh it's like forever maybe half mile in every direction or better and about uh, maybe 10 feet of water. Um, and I'm, I'm clipped into the jack line going forward to and the boat. I've kind of put it after circling the area, put it in the direction that I want. And moving slowly forward, 
I dropped it in neutral, clipped in, and I, I'm going forward, and then just out of nowhere, I heard this, and, and there were some dolphins just okay. right beside me going on by, and so... My 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 heart uh, jumped a little there, and but <laughs> no uh, I got the anchor set. I didn't go overboard, and uh, it was it was a peaceful evening. Otherwise, now were you mostly anchoring and and sleeping and mooring, or were you docking or a combination? I have to check all my notes, but predominantly marinas. Okay, and um, I've I've seen all sorts of dock and configuration of tie up, and it's uh, it was a learning experience. I'm, I'm thinking of going and getting a captain's license, and I. For sure, have a thousand hours under my belt now with this trip. Well, you said you said you're you got to check your notes and stuff like that. You're writing a book, or did you were you able to blog or vlog or anything? I, I kept a captain's log, a boat log, and just the details of where I was and some of the stats and engine hours and things like that. And I had uploaded a lot of video and photos. And my daughter, she she's a wizard at that stuff. She she All the kids she's are. she's got it, and she she studied film, and she's followed in in my footsteps a little bit with one of my side hustles, doing event photography and all. And um, so she said, "I'll I'll do some postings for you." And we set up a crux loop, uh, Facebook, and she did an Instagram as well, and would put some photos up there. But later on in the trip, she's got a a, a young kid. And and I was very into the trip, and so the 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 follow through was kind of anemic at the end. And I, I've got to got to bring it back, and I'm going to be telling the tale, maybe all the way up into a documentary format. I don't know, uh, but definitely some presentations to the uh, photo club in Annapolis and other locations. And I imagine some yacht clubs would be interested in the libraries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I may put a book out and others have done the loop and, and written books and such. And I don't want to do a repeat of that. And I was thinking, especially with, with the little little kids, I've got three grandchildren right now. And I was thinking, well, maybe a children's book. So I'm uh, I'm toying with that idea. And. That's got a name, Looper. Looper, Looper, Looper <laughs> well, folds well, right into that. My my oldest grandson Isaac, he, uh, I, I I pressed his dad on it and said, "Hey Nick, has uh, has Isaac talked about where Grandpa's at and and uh, what's going on and any of that?" And he says, um, "Not too much." Well, does he know where I'm at? Or what I'm doing? He says, "Well, Grandpa's on a boat." <laughs> <laughs> so that's a working title right now. Grandpa's on a boat. You know, definitely keep me posted on when you may come out to do a talk or something like that. And I'd love to see a book, whether it be a children's book or an adult's book. Yeah. Uh, children's book tend to be mine. They're bigger, lots of pictures and bigger words or <laughs> smaller words, bigger printing and lots of pictures. So that's my kind of uh, my kind of a book. The boat. You Did you purchase this boat for this trip? Yes. I remember I said I was designing. I've been designing a boat. And so... That boat doesn't exist as, as anywhere. As a non-naval architect, I might imagine. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm a gadgeteer. I, I mechanically inclined. I love to design and build stuff, and uh, so I uh, have several notebooks full of those designs. And that didn't happen um, just because of the time crunch and and other logistics. Uh, I, I didn't have time to construct and, and do sea trials and all that if I wanted to make it at the, right after I. Retired. Right. So I uh, said, well, 
what characteristics do I want? I wanted a pilot house. I wanted a mass that I could drop by myself, and I didn't want it too big because I probably would be single-handing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, this boat here, and it did me wonderfully. Just just did very well. It's It's got enough freeboard to take uh, some some big waves and get out on a little bit of open water, the the, uh, the Atlantic and the Great Lakes yeah. and such. Did you get it here? Uh, no, it was in upstate New York, and I had it trucked down and dropped it Birch Evans Yacht Yard. Okay. And so uh, first time I physically saw it, she had been dropped in the water. and uh, Floats, it's a good yeah, thing. Yep, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and and uh, unwrapped the mast and put it up and brought it here to... It's uh, the current slip. Up here on the, uh, we're on the Severn, right? Technically, yeah. This is Severn, uh, where Clements Creek meets. And Are you keeping it? I, I probably will until I have some other boat. And, um, it's the story of a boat owner's life, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I just like the idea of having something I can take out and explore more of the Chesapeake Bay on, do some weekends and maybe uh, short hops here and there. Your wife had no interest in it? Company you on this? Oh no trip? no 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 no. She she was coming with me. Uh, uh, and when I was falling in love with the idea, she uh, was teaching. And as a teacher, she would be able to have the summer off and take a sabbatical. And she was planning to go along with me for the majority of the trip. Um, however, as time went by and opportunities came along, about the time we found our our forever place here. She got an administrative position. So the okay. the summer off, not in the That cars, evaporated. And the sabbatical, uh-uh. So she said, well, this this is a journey you've really, really, really wanted to do. And um, and I'm I'm the boat guy. So and and she's she likes to be out on the boat, but she leaves all the, the tech stuff to me. And uh, and the wrangling and all that stuff, and so it's uh, it's my thing, really. And so she said, "Do this, make the make that happen." So um, I was ready, and I had the timing and the the boat, and it was, I, I made it uh, happen. Off I went. Yeah, yeah. You have any other uh, items on your bucket list that involve a boat? <laughs> um, I would love to go back. Like I said, there are different permutations of the route, and I missed out. Uh, having gone through Lake Erie and Lake Huron down there around Detroit, I uh, did not go through Canada. And that is a really beautiful section. And it has some cool locks that are unlike any of the others that I traveled through, as well as it dumps out into Georgian Bay, kind of northeast part of mm-hmm. Lake Huron, which was just uh, just gorgeous and everybody raved about it so i got to see uh the far edge of what they were talking about when i got to uh the tip of the glove of michigan and there's mackinac island people know where that's at by the near the bridge and then just north of there i went to cedarville and hessel and uh just love those spots just loved it It it's just something about it the water is crystal clear trans severn waterway is something i would really love to go back and do um that portion and not do another loop per se but just that segment of it possibly that'd be neat. maybe 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 you can bring your wife on that one yeah at, oh yeah at yeah. this time that's and, for, 
And I'm looking at doing a, a land uh, trip, possibly, maybe a, a little micro camper teardrop or something like that. And I uh, go out now that I'm retired, I, I have sort of a blank slate of sorts. And I could get out and visit family in Texas, and Colorado, and oh, uh, Seattle, fun. and down in San Diego. Um, and just hit all these spots and not be you know, zip-zapping around by airplane. Uh, right. Maybe take the dog and enjoy that and have my wife fly out uh, and meet me we'll in different spots. That would be cool. On, on the boat on the day, I mean, 5.5, 5.7 miles per hour average is, or, you know, five knots is, I mean, it's leisurely. It's a leisurely pace. Right. Um, it was... I mean, what what was your typical day? I mean, did you just sort of wake up when you woke up and started to go, or was were you up at the crack of dawn? Well, no, I was, uh, reverse engineering the day, I wanted to uh, have some daylight hours at the end of a, a, a day uh, at the helm to um, just enjoy wherever my next stop was, and uh, and have some time during daylight to to do boat work, cooking, whatever. Stop um, in the town if there's yeah, a town. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so anyways, that uh, pretty much led me to head out at daybreak. Most most days I was on the water and moving right around sunrise. Uh, so I, I could get uh, to places a little bit after lunch. Some days I really pushed it hard, and it, it was an 8, 10-hour day okay. at the helm. But most, most times I'd try for around 5 or 6 hours uh, on the water. And give me plenty of time to uh, find a nice anchorage or uh, most times uh, get tied up at the dock, maybe get a shower. But uh, and then definitely, uh, especially on a long day, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd want to get a hot meal and a cold beer uh, and just, you know, not not, not cooked in a, <laughs> yeah, in a canister. Yeah, yeah. Up here. Uh, yeah. It's, it's doable on board. Uh, but uh, after after being on the water for a long, long day, especially back to back days, I uh, I just wanted to stretch my legs and and get out and sit down and let somebody else cook. What was the home stretch like when you jumped into the Bay of Virginia Beach? I I describe it as as getting barn sour. I could see the finish line and I was I was ready to get home, and I knew that weather was going to be my only uh, thing to really slow me down. So. I, I moved when I can move when it was, and that was my modicum the whole time. Uh, I'm going to move when it's safe to do so, and if the weather's good, if I'm good, if the boat's good, those are my things. Green light, check, 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 uh, ready to go, and I'd I'd uh, advance on to the next spot. Uh, and I I try to have uh, some contingency planning. There was always the desired location, maybe a stretch goal, and then bailout points uh, if I needed to do something right. like that. That's your uh, that's your safety background there, coming yeah, in yeah. coming into play. Have a good good plan, old fashioned common sense, maybe Plan B, Plan C, and Plan D. There you just, go, just in case. And I did the same with with the stuff that I had on the boat that I never had to use. I had uh, emergency gear and backup, this and that, and the other thing. The only mechanical I had on the whole trip was a uh, a squeaky a little uh, pump for the coolant. And it wasn't critical, but it was squeaking. So I called the wonderful folks that uh, checked out the engine prior to departure. And they said, yeah, we have that part. And they shipped it to a marina I was heading to. 
And then I had it on board and the squeak kind of faded a little, but then it came back and I said, mm, I might have to do this. And then I was at a spot that the, the wind blew me off from the original plan and I went to one of those backup plans and I wound up at a, at a marina as fortuitous that had a mechanic right there. And they were, I said, you guys have done this a bunch of times. <laughs> You'd make it happen. Right, right, right. And, the uh, the that one way, hour I, job for him, the uh, four hour job for yeah. Matt. And, and I, I, I could have done it, but um, yeah, it's just every now and then you say yeah, greater peace of mind. Phrase that uh, I kind of coined along the way, which helped put me straight sometimes, uh, besides the sign on the wall there, that <laughs> kindness matters. <laughs> that that I uh, that should was, be our national motto. Uh, I was ready to light some folks up on the radio, and I saw the sign in the corner of my eye, and I'm like, Think wait twice. a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, yeah, we all got waked on it. But um, the, the the other phrase was. A little bit of caution and a whole lot of faith. And because uh, if you knew what was around the corner, you might not take the turn. So you, you, you're going to step out in faith on some things, but you got to have a little caution. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you, you don't step out blindly um, and you prepare yourself. And then for the rest of it, because uh, these are places I'd never been before and I, I had never been in a lock on a boat. Uh, prior to taking this journey, and <laughs> now I've been now, now, you, now you've got somebody taught you how to do it, and you know, and locking single handedly is is a whole different world too. Uh, What's involved uh, in going through a lock? Well, uh, the first locks I encounter one right before the Erie Canal, and then there's a whole stair step of flight of five or so uh, right at the beginning of the Erie Canal, and uh, the doors open. And the the water levels where you're at on on that end of the lock, and uh, you go in. And for these ones, uh, they would uh, close the door right. in this box, and then uh, let water come in and raise you up. Right. And then when the water uh, would match the next the level. top level, uh, they'd open the other set of doors, and you exit the lock. But what I mean, what's what's challenging about it as far as a captain goes? Well, um, you have to. <laughs> I mean, you got to make sure you're not hitting the sides of the box. <laughs> yeah, right. You want to tie up to something, but that water going out or coming in it can be turbulent. And okay. sometimes it's a little windy, and uh, oftentimes there are other boats. Um, on the Illinois River, there were, I believe, 26 loop boats. The lockmaster had never counted that many before uh, and was taking pictures of us all. And... Uh, we had all been jammed up waiting for some work to be done uh, on on a lock. And so it was closed for two weeks. All the loopers were sort of waiting for it to open sure. right there around Labor Day. So here's this glut of loop boats. And we tried to not, you know, string ourselves out and have to use the lock. Yeah. So uh, for one small group and another small group, we they appreciate when we could all just kind of be a, together and go through. That's just respectful. So, um, so you're you're tying up either to the wall and maybe another boat to you, or since okay, I was the smaller of most of the boats, I'd be tying off to other boats. Uh, one lock I got uh, on the Mississippi, just near, uh, uh, just the first one there. Uh, I was. 
I was in the back corner, and uh, we're going down, and the the water started rushing out. And, and the guy later on told me that uh, they they had a bad hinge or something okay. and a big leak down there. I'm like, oh, and you you let me just tie it right. up there, right? You knew this, but um, so I'm um, going down. It's getting worse and worse, and and the backside of the boat is peeling off and i'm afraid my rudder's gonna break and i'm hollering up the guy said just let go no okay so i just cut loose and uh i'd been holding it tight and uh the rudder didn't break the cleat didn't pop out and uh the but i was i felt like i was riding the rapids so uh, i'm now drifting in the lock and uh, I got on the radio to let all the other boats know. I said, hey, I'm not being rude here. I'm not trying to cut ahead of you all because you're all going to pass me anyways. That's why I took the back spot. And uh, anyhow, uh, I survived. And you, you just you, you learn what you can do and you, you learn what your boat can do. Yeah. Are locks like toll booths? Do you have to pay to use a lock? Uh, no, no. Uh, most of the locks uh, run by the Army Corps of Engineers. The uh, locks on the Erie Canal, typically they'll have like a pass, maybe buy it for a day, a week, three weeks. Okay. But they waived that uh, for us this, this past okay. year. Yeah. Okay. So I I was expecting to, but didn't. And I think it would have been maybe 50 bucks. But they do have a lot of work to do. There's, there's yeah, maintenance. No, no, it's not, a, not an easy thing to... When you think about the engineering behind it. Yeah. So, locks, so, so locks can be interesting. Your expenses. I mean, so then you really, other than fuel and food and marinas, know, hotels uh, and showers. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And uh, airfare back and forth. Marinas cost uh, anywhere from probably the lowest I saw was a dollar a foot. Most of them were like a dollar fifty to two twenty five a foot. And then some got up to three or, or three plus. That's the ones down in Annapolis. Oh, yeah. They can be. Well, and then there's crazy stuff like Miami and New York City, and they get seven, eight foot a, a foot, seven, eight dollars a foot. I do like to inspire folks to do the adventure that suits them and find out, you know, and do a gut check, see what your comfort level is, and then what might be a little nudge beyond that. And I. I could have done the blue water thing and and gone across and around the world, uh, but no, no, no. I I fell back on this loop trip, and um, it it has its ominous little pieces every now and then. And we uh, had a group of us that uh, were really concerned about crossing the Gulf of Mexico. We had an eighty mile stretch. Uh, it's just something we all had to kind of suck up and do. Right. And uh, there's another thing. There's a community of loopers out there. And I just had a couple of my dear friends that I had met along the journey come through Annapolis. So um, some wonderful and some others on the way. So some some great folks that uh, have been met and we all have our little stories to tell and all that stuff. Well, I noticed uh, your burgee up on your bow. Right. You've got, uh, it looks like AYC and AGL maybe? Yeah, uh, AG uh, Amer- American uh, Great, Great Loop Great- Cruisers Association. Yeah, so so, so does that does that come with your completion? Well, the uh, the gold loop burgee uh, is what you get when uh, when you've completed your loop. Uh, during the the loop, I was flying a a white background loop burgee, so okay. that is a little tattered and faded and threadbare in spots. And I will uh, be putting that, I think, in a shadow box 
I was gonna say that's that's something that you treasure for quite quite a long time. So uh, it was it was really neat. Um, yeah, and the I, I was talking to another looper that will finish in a few months, and I said it's not the end. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of, uh, of other things. Keep going. You know, do do adventure. Get out there and uh, tell the tale and share it with others and find some other uh, adventures, even in your own backyard. Matt, thank you so much. Congratulations on a wonderful trip, and uh, I look forward to hearing what's in the future. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.